Hello, my friends. Welcome to the latest episode of Between You and Me, the podcast where we talk to music makers about the things that hurt, heal, and change us in evangelical culture. My name is Jessica Morris, and this episode is brought to you by JesusWired.com, your number one source for Christian music news, interviews, and reviews. Today, we are speaking to a church music group called River Valley Worship. Now, the cool thing about River Valley Worship, they are great musicians. You should hear their music. You'll hear some of it through this episode. But two, they are currently on the ground serving right in the midst of the social upheaval happening in Minneapolis, Minnesota. So I was actually approached uh, by a publicist to talk to these guys because they are at the very heart of where the current the current wave of Black Lives Matter protests happens. And this episode isn't designed to be political in any way. Um, but I thought that it would be really cool to talk to them about how the church is responding, um, how they are serving on the grounds, and how this actually impacts them as a band and as individual people. Uh, because we can watch this on TV. Some of us are participating in things locally, nationally, internationally. Um, But to be at the very forefront of this, where George Floyd's life was taken, uh, puts River Valley Worship, their music and their church, in a really unique place in history. And it was a real privilege to be able to interview their lead worship pastor, Ryan Williams, and one of his fellow worship and creative arts pastors, Clinton Allen, about their latest album, Alters, and what it actually means to live and love people like Christ when your city and your streets are full of protests and your city is divided. And in some cases, people in your church are divided on issues. Um, I was really honored that they took the time to chat with me about this. They were so honest. It was a privilege. So, Um, I know this is another heavy topic and I promise you guys we won't always go super super heavy. Um, I know that there's always time for light and laughter and fun but I wanted to release this episode as soon as possible because it felt timely. It felt timely for us to continually look at our hearts, to continually look at how we are loving people and other people better and um, how we as a church, whether you see yourself in like the evangelical church or sort of in the outliers, um, to see how we can respond. Um, So I know for me, it was actually really encouraging as someone who often struggles with the institution of the church to hear this really authentic take on how a church is giving their hearts to their community and hurting with their community and loving and grieving with their community. It was really good for me. So my hope is that today you guys hear that too that you hear that camaraderie and that love and that compassion um and that whether this informs you or spurs you on in your own journey um that this is something that leaves you feeling hopeful because i was left feeling hopeful guys you will hear a short bio which will tell you a little bit about river valley worship and the current events happening in minneapolis minnesota and then we'll go straight into our interview You are about to hear from our friends, Ryan Williams and Clinton Allen. 
Since late May, the world's eyes have been on Minneapolis, Minnesota, after George Floyd's life was taken, resulting in multiple process in the city and across the world. We can't just simplify this as necessary social unrest, because while our TV screens have been filled with images and our social media feeds have been filled with black squares, many of us have also been challenged on a soul level and people across the globe have been assessing their own privilege and opening their eyes, ears and hearts to learn from the people of Minneapolis and our black community who have been telling us about less publicised racially charged events like these for hundreds of years. There are a sea of resources available to us right now as we learn to dismantle racism in our culture, institutions and in our own hearts. And as a journalist, I've always found it best to go to the source for information. Minneapolis and St Paul, the Twin Cities, is what some people are calling ground zero for the protests and social and spiritual change happening across the globe. And River Valley Worship, a multi-site church spread across the Twin Cities, in addition to a plant in Swaziland, is at the centre of this history-defining moment. One of the largest churches in the USA, they have been pastoring, serving and for many protesting alongside their community. Like us, they are asking what comes next and are looking for Christ in the midst of this era, which is a defining moment for the human race. The fact that River Valley Worship's latest album, Alters, came out three weeks before these events took place is profound. Their second release on BEC Recordings and their seventh album to date, it is based around the prophetic words worship pastor Ryan Williams found left on his desk. This prompted the collaborative team to create a collection of songs for their church and by the church about living a life in sacrifice to Christ. Rooted in biblical theology, steeped in honesty that recognises the darkness haunting our streets and with a heart tethered to diversity as a natural expression of the community, Altus has been the literal cry of a church and a city desperate for justice, peace and equity. I spoke to lead worship pastor Ryan Williams and fellow worship and creative arts pastor Clinton Allen about what it is like to live in Minneapolis right now, the service and recovery efforts bringing them hope, and how River Valley's album Alters has given them a song and a prayer to walk through this season of unrest with unity and wisdom. Guys, I'm really excited for you to hear this interview full of wisdom, love and passion for music. These are some really talented musos in addition. Um, to being really good dudes. Meet River Valley Worship. Hi guys, this is Jess Morris from the Between You and Me podcast, dialing in from Australia. And today I have two new friends with me, Ryan Williams and Clinton Allen from River Valley Worship in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Thank you guys for joining me today. Thanks so much for having us. It's so good to see you. What an honor to be here. Thank you. Um, so for our friends who have never met you or for some reason have never heard your music before, can you guys tell me individually who you are and what, what River Valley Worship actually is? I'll start. Um, again, it's great to be with you and the listeners here. My name is Ryan Williams and my official title is Lead Worship Pastor here at River Valley Church. <clears throat> I've been here for about 13 years and the the expression River Valley Worship, that core team is really uh, an extension of a bunch of local church leaders and pastors, comes out of the heart and the vision of our lead pastor, Pastor Rob and Pastor Becca. And uh, it all started as worship leaders and worship pastors leading people that they know by name, doing life with them, 
and uh, having the passion to write songs that help a community connect with God. And it just grew and grew over time from there, where now we find ourselves um, having these songs kind of make their way all over the world. So that's kind of mind blowing. Yeah, that's incredible. Clinton, how did you join River Valley Worship? Yeah, um, as you said, my name is Clinton and uh, I'm one of the worship pastors as, as well. Uh, I get to serve alongside this good looking dude and uh, love the heart. Um, I love Ryan's heart and I love the heart of our, our lead pastors, Robin Becker. That really was the beginning of my journey and why um, I, I feel so tethered um, to our church, just because of the vision that God's given them for for our community, for our people, uh, for Jesus, for people to know Jesus. Uh, I've been on staff with the crew for going on eight years, um, originally from Dallas, Texas, migrated here because, yeah, my wife and I felt like it was a God idea, not just a, a good one, you know? So we wouldn't go to Texas to Minnesota if it wasn't a God idea. <laughs> oh my gosh, I have, I've only spent a week in Minnesota, but I'm, that's a huge difference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Um, I wanted to ask you guys, like you, you released an album, Alters, uh, about two months ago now in weird current quarantine time. It was time fluid. Um, so can you tell me what the premise of Alters was, knowing that um, a lot has happened since that release? Yeah, it's a good place to be, you know, when you're making an album like this and creating a project, writing songs, when you uh, find or stumble upon like a theme, a goal, uh, a common thread for the project. It really, really, it helps um, in a lot of different ways, having that finish line in mind. And ours kind of came from a random letter from a missionary, a friend of our church, who felt uh, compelled to write myself a letter in regards to the call in my life, the call in the, the life of the church, River Valley. And his, his letter, it read like poetry to me. It was beautiful. And one of the sentences, as I was reading it, it was, it was a, a reminder. It was a, an encouragement and almost a warning as well. And it said, Ryan, every, every time you step onto a platform to lead worship, you have to remind yourself that you're not standing on a stage, but you're standing on an altar. And yeah. just as quick as I read that sentence, it was just an, an instant change and shift of my mindset, of perspective about this thing that we do so often, you know, get, getting up on a platform in front of a bunch of people and leading them in worship. And quickly it spread like wildfire. It became the theme of our team. It became the team of, uh, theme of our department. And then it became obvious that this was a theme for our uh, project that we were working on. Yeah. Um, I had a listen to some of the songs on that album and that you guys have recorded. And what struck me the most uh, was that not only that it was good worship music, like you guys are brilliant musicians, um, but your songs are so rooted, one in theology, but in true, mm -hmm. honest war experiences. Wow. Um, there was something for me just listening to it as I was preparing for this interview that was really moving um, wow. because I hadn't, there was just, 
your passion just came through and um, what has it been like for you guys taking the theme of altars and those songs, like the sound of your church, a sound of hope into your city in the last two months, um, predominantly since uh, the passing of George Floyd, but since the release of that album. Yeah, I'll, I'll jump in. Um, the, I think with just with any situation, uh, what our lead pastors and what, this isn't false honor, this is, this is really what I believe. Because of how empowered we are through our lead pastors, because of the example that Ryan and the tone that Ryan sets for us, I think it, of authenticity, I should say, I think it's really easy for us to um, it's a really good on-ramp to um, just minister to our people out of the abundance of what God is doing and overflow of what God is doing in us individually and corporately from a, uh, a church perspective. So if we're being authentic to scripture, if we're being authentic to our, our personalities and what God has asked us to do, um, I think you find yourself in a position to, to be used by God in a, a very powerful way. We happen to be going through a lot of uh, ugliness and um, unrest in our city right now, but I think that we're just trying to hear from heaven and do what we've always tried to do, which is just um, minister to the hurting and broken people. Uh, and the really cool thing is uh, we get to do it, us two and our crew that we represent. In particular, we get to do it through worship. We get to do, do it through um, songs. and. I'm I'm just so encouraged by the way you even uh, described it uh, because we we're biased, but I I personally feel like this is um, arguably the best project that we've ever done because of how rich it is in theology. Of course, uh, it's densely uh, rooted in um, scripture, and and we tried to make something dope sonically too, Jess. So like the the <laughs> hopefully the. I believe that there is something supernatural we unlock when we get to do something that we're passionate passionate about as far as creativity and art, and we allow God to breathe on it, and it's rooted in scripture, and it points people to hope, hope that's found in only Jesus. So I, that's a long answer, sorry, but that's what we're trying to do in, in, as it pertains to these songs and how we're, we're hopefully um, getting it, equipping it, our people with it, putting it in the hands of our people, and hopefully it's making an impact outside of our four walls. Uh, because it, it'd be kind of pointless for us to do what we're doing if it's not ministering to the people in our body and outside of our four walls, you know, so that includes our worship as well. Even when I'm empty, I will bring an offering. I can never live a life that costs me nothing. I just want the real thing. No matter where it takes me I refuse to pray a word that doesn't move me All I know right now is I'm ready And all I want right now is the real thing, Lord You're the real thing, Lord 
just tell me what the mood in your city is right now? What, what's the barometer? You guys know it. You've known the heartbeat of it for years. What does it feel like for you? Uh, Ryan, I can go. And then you, yeah, go you, you can, you can, Please um, do. The, I only, I only jump in just because the, um, I have been able to Ryan as much as any of us, we've all been kind of thrust into a position that we, didn't expect right um you know all of us are going through things in this season uh unexpected season of a pandemic uh you know um it's hit us in a in a very strange and unique bizarre way you know kind of feels like zombie apocalypse out here some days you know (laughs) and uh so we're all going through something and then in the thick of that we get hit with I mean, it gets it gets thrown in our face the ugliness of injustice and inequality, and 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 that's the that's the picture that we un, unapologetically painted. Um, it's not it's not anything cute. It's not anything um, nice to talk about. It's it's an it's injustice, and um, that's how we've tried to attack it as sin. And so for us, you know, my wife and I have. Uh, man, just been blessed to be in a position to have relational equity with our leadership and hopefully our, our church community and our community beyond to be able to speak to these things in such a way that brings hopefully uh, unity and points people to Jesus, you know? So we've been at uh, peaceful protest. We've been at prayer walks and marches. Um, we've been in forums and communications with our, our pastors and, uh, um, local pastors around the area, around the Twin Cities where we live, um, that are hopefully um, bringing about some change. And um, like I said, I won't speak for Ryan because he's, he's been there too. But I think all of us have been thrust into a position that's just uncomfortable. But I know it won't always be uncomfortable. Um, I believe that God is moving in the unseen. Uh, progress is happening. I've never in my lifetime seen this much solidarity and ownership around um, wanting people of all backgrounds and colors to have uh, equality and, and justice. And it's not one of uh, a political precedent for me. It's one of biblical precedent. So uh, that's, that's where we're at. Yeah. I kind of hijacked Ryan's answer. Sorry. No, there's no, no, plenty no. of room for Ryan's answer. <laughs> uh, you know, it's been a blessing for us to um, be able to be asked questions like this you know, mm-hmm. from people like yourself in the last, for the last few weeks and few months in light of all of the horrific events that have happened here at Ground Zero, you know, in our streets, mm-hmm. in, our, mm-hmm. in our city. And, uh, and I've, answered, uh, I've answered the question the same way, really out of authentic place. But as I was listening to Clinton talk, it, it just brought something new to light. So I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go on a limb and, and share it. <laughs> and not worried about it being polished or um, totally thought through. But, you know, the scripture says the meek, the meek shall inherit the earth, you know. And uh, there's been many mistakes made uh, from all different types of people throughout these last few weeks. Uh, Failures in conversation, mistakes made in assumptions, uh, politicizing, certain events, politicizing certain people. 
But when I remember that scripture, the meek shall inherit the earth, mm. I think a movement is happening. The meek, the meek are rising up and saying, we need to be better listeners. Mm. We need to be better empathizers and not based on a wave or a trend or a, a sense a sensitivity to the here and now, the present day events that are happening. But empathy should be a mark of our lives. True authentic listening should be a mark of our lives. Mm -hmm. When our brothers and sisters are really hurting, this is not a time to say, um, but what about this? But have you thought about this? Wow. Going back to that scripture, the meek will say, I'm going to sit here and love you and be with you and listen to you and call you and check on you. And uh, I think there's a meek movement happening wow. in our streets, in our cities, and hopefully in our nation. Mm -hmm. I'm in, in, a, in a, obviously a very different way to what you guys are experiencing and seeing in, in Minneapolis at the moment in the Twin Cities. I'm seeing a similar movement happen in Australia. Um, people, people are waking up. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of us are waking up to our privilege, but we're also learning, even if we've been aware of it, we're learning a new vocabulary and we're learning oh. like what it means to, to love in action. And, and we're challenged to go beyond trends. Um, That's good. And what you guys as a church and what you as a city has led the way in is actually standing up as believers in the body of Christ and saying, this is what it means to be the meek who inherit the earth to stand beside our brothers and sisters. Um, so good. Because we, we've had, we've had peaceful protests here and all sorts of things here as well. Um, and it's highlighted uh, issues and injustices that are global. Um, and uh, I, I don't think that was necessarily the intent of what's of what of what you guys are doing in your city. You're being here for your people, uh, but the fruit of your faithfulness is incredible. Um, even Praise if you God. can't see that right now. Praise Good. God. Thank to many churches when I talk to them in the US, uh, even though it's a global, it's a global thing. Um, but I always frame it by saying the church in the US at the moment 
seems to be quite divided. Um, I say that from the perception of an Australian who watches the news uh, and who lived in Nashville for a little while, uh, purely because we see uh, a gap in sort of evangelicals go one way or another way. It's all very politicised. Uh, and then there's, there's the churches, like, and people being like, that's just God, just Jesus. Like, let's just stay there. Um, and mm. um, it's, it's really easy, myself included, to get wrapped up in differences and division. Mm. Um, and one of the cool things about worship leaders and church leadership is that you guys have the ability to unite people under song and under anthems mm. of hope, which is like mm -hmm. literally what you have done. Um, how do you guys come together and lead your church in a time where your city and potentially members of your congregation are divided on ideology uh, or on like where they live in a city or if they're part of the police force or if they work in this area like how do you bring people together when that there's a literal tangible separation i think step one um is a real simple but really important it's the authenticity piece of we as worship pastors and, and uh you know worship leaders no matter how long, how long they've been on our team, how long they've been at our church, uh, what location they're at. I mean, the expectation has been set that these worship leaders and worship pastors be involved in people's lives as opposed to, hey, your expectation is just to make sure that the band sounds good, that you pick the right songs, and that poof, in a cloud of smoke, you show up on the stage and you sound good and you look good, and then poof, you're gone and uh, you have no relationship, you have no trust, uh, you're literally not seen anywhere else in people's lives, you only show up when, uh, when uh, music starts. And so we call, you know, we call our team pastoral musicians, whether they have their credentials or not, uh, we put a pastoral authority onto them. Mm -hmm. And so step one has been, our, our worship leaders are involved in their communities and in their people's lives. So when they get up to sing a song that points our focus and our attention towards Jesus, people are taking their word for it and they're seeing them as an example, as a real authentic leader, and they're going to go there with them, even with the unrest and the, uh, the fresh headline on the news that day mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or the, uh, the expert advice they received about the virus or about their finances. They see that person on the stage as a trusted individual who knows their name, who's been praying for them and their family. And I think that's a good, strong step one when it comes to trying to unify people. It's really good. Yeah. I would echo that and, and um, to say that, you know, because of, because of what Ryan said, because of how he's led the charge in that we, again, it's really easy to, um, to ride that wave and to continue that, that authentic trend of just trying to minister to our people the best way we can. And I think one of the most effective ways to do that is, as he said, to get into the lives, get into the mess, if you will, of, um, of people's lives and where they're at. You know, we, 
uh, we jokingly call ourselves local church kids because we love the local church. We believe that the local ch church is the hope of the world. And we, we officiate um, weddings. And um, uh, I've had a funeral last week and officiate one possibly this week, unfortunately. Um, we, we do weddings and funerals and hospital visits and, and um, pray with people all the time. And I think that, I think it's a lot easier for us. I say for myself, I certainly believe that it's a lot easier for me to have the trust and relational equity with people when I ask them to engage yeah. at a high level of worship on a, on a weekend perspective or at some event. Um, it goes beyond me just trying to exercise all the worship leader tricks. It, it's, it really means something that this guy asking me to pray or to sing these words or to lift my hands and express myself in that, in that way, that this is the guy that visited my kid in the hospital. This mm -hmm. is the guy that officiated my aunt's funeral. This is the guy that prayed with me uh, um, two weekends ago, you know, when I was going through uh, trouble in my marriage. So I can trust that guy when he says something, you know? Um, yeah, that's really what we believe in and subscribe to. And um, I believe that God, um, I believe that God operates in a very powerful mm -hmm. way when we get to be used, um, get to be vessels in that way, mm -hmm. uh, just to minister to our people. So it's icing on the cake when we get to write songs that, that are birthed out of the stories of our people, these very same people that we get to minister to, um, stories uh, from them. Um, these songs come out of sermon series from our pastor or, or whatever. We draw inspiration from all kinds of places, but really the point of, of it all is just to effectively minister to our people. Let's go. One foot in the sunlight, the other in the night. It's easy in the middle, but I don't want to be fine. Show me that I need you. Open up my eyes. I don't want to fall back. God, I want to live right. I don't in your church are always active in your city in multiple ways um so i don't want to ask this question making it sound like you are simply active because protests started some weeks ago um but how how did you as a church respond actively um to the needs of your city when you saw unrest coming up in the streets amidst a global pandemic um how did you guys step forward and have an action plan if that's even possible to actively serve your community our word uh tell orion our word uh, that we've all gotten tattooed this season's been pivot so <laughs> we, yeah it's so good uh, uh, justice it's like 
I mean, that's what Jesus did in my opinion, you know, like uh, he followed, he followed the leading of his, uh, of his father, but he pivoted when he needed to pivot. And so I think um, the church and we're actively working on trying to be better at this ourselves is just trying to pivot when the community says we need you. When the people say we need you, you know, it's not about, um, we're trying to always get better at, um, at going off script when we need to, not just religiously following the service order or the agenda. But when our people say they need us, then we gotta, we gotta respond. And so our city, our neighborhoods, our communities um, said they needed us. And, and um, I think for us, the, the biggest weapon, and this is not just an evangelical excuse, but our biggest weapon is to pray and intercede. So certainly we use that as um, for our defense, you know, and to cover our city and our people uh, in intercession and prayer. We believe in the power of prayer. And, and then secondly, you want to see some tangible action. So we, we hit the streets. We tried to, um, we empowered or deployed, I should say, hundreds of people from our church and we're a multi-site church. So we have people from, from all of our campuses um, hitting the streets together the last few weeks. And it hasn't stopped partnering with local um, nonprofits uh, and churches even in the area that are already vetted and have the street cred, if you will, um, and the trust and relational equity. Um, so we partner with them and we hit the streets with food, water, prayer, um, shovels and brooms you know, trying to repair our, our broken city and hopefully at the same time minister to our hurting and broken uh, brothers and sisters out there. And um, I say this because I'm, I'm kind of um, jaded towards media, <laughs> but, but you don't often see the media cover a lot of um, um, great things. Like, you know, we see obviously the unrest and the craziness and we see the rioting and the looting, but, you know, you don't get a lot of coverage for the hundreds of people, I'll just relegate it to the Twin Cities. You don't see the hundreds of people from our church and the thousands from other churches and thousands from just the, the communities that, that, that came together to say, we love our people, whether we love Jesus or not together. Everybody had this unified love of our people in our city that we need to, that we need each other. And then we got to come, uh, come together to, to repair it. You know, so I, I, I want to see a lot of that. I, I want to see that uh, on, on the media as well. Yes. Yes, I love that. Um, I love that you guys sharing that and sharing your hope and sharing how you are like tangibly partnering like prayer and action, like it goes together just naturally. I love how you are actually like, and even through like a small podcast, like what we're doing, like we're starting to change the narrative. It's really cool. Oh, wow. It's cool. That's really good. Um, I had a conversation a couple of weeks ago uh, with two guys from a band in Nashville talking about um, how they were impacted. And I phrased it. I even phrased what was happening as riots um, from what I was watching in the media. And they paused mm -hmm. it. And they're like, hey, Jess, like, like it's, it's, we hear that you say that, but uh, it's like, it's protests. Like people are, are enacting change. And I was like, you're right. Like I hadn't thought of it. And it was cool to stop and be like, yes, like learn from people, learn from others. Um, and cool. I love that you guys are partnering. Like you, well, you're leading the way and partnering with your community in that.
with like some popcorn questions, but um, I want to ask you guys if there's anything that you would like to talk about. It can be related to the events that have happened in the last few weeks or your album, but is there anything that, that I have missed that you would love to share with people in this last few minutes? I want Ryan to share more about the, about the heart of the album because I think it's, I don't think it feels like a cheap plug, you know, I think. Do I it. Think, and Ryan, I'm putting you on the spot, but whatever God's dropping in your spirit for it. I just, I just feel like this is a unique time in history that we're in. And um, I, the reason why I feel unashamed to talk about what we do, what, what we, this project even, if it comes up organically again, is because we're called to do it. It's one of the most powerful tools that we have as musicians to, um, to push the body of, forward to push the church of Jesus Christ forward. It's one of the tools that he's equipped us with. Some are preachers, some are teachers, some are musicians and, and artists. And, and um, we believe in this project and we believe that God has breathed on it and used it in a very supernatural way beyond what we, I think what we really hoped and imagined for it. So I've talked a lot. I want to shut up and hear, hear Ryan. <laughs> Ryan, I tell think, us about uh, the album. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think, uh, the way that I would uh, close this wonderful interview would be, would be this. There is a definite parallel that I have found from the making of this project and then the season that we all find ourselves in, coincidentally, when this project was released, you know, for us here in, this, in the States, um, quarantine kind of happened, March, mm -hmm. and, you know, in a way, I mean, it's still, it's still there, you know, we're not definitely not back to normal, whatever we feel like that definition definition is. So we're still in the middle of, we're still in the middle of this fight. And uh, I think at the core of who we are as human beings, this is such a grand statement, but the core of some of our issues as, of as humans is this, the topic of greed and selfishness. And what do I mean by that? When we, when we set out to make this project, we knew that this project, writing these songs, it would cost us something. Mm -hmm. It was a costly process. And the reason that can be a painful process is because we're by default greedy and selfish people. If something costs you something, that means you're gonna have to give something away. Mm 
give yourself away to the project. You're going to have to surrender yourself, hopefully to the leading of the Holy Spirit uh, in regards to making an album and, and, and exercising yourself creatively. And it was almost like this pact that we made. And it was a very, the beginning of this project was marked by a very spirit-led prayer meeting where we yeah. said, no matter what this is going to cost us, we're going to see this through and commit to doing our best and having Jesus at the center of this project and making mm -hmm. sure that we give whatever we need to give to make this happen. The parallel is here we find ourselves as human beings trying to link arms together in the midst of a global pandemic, in the midst of uh, racial, social unrest. And, you know, there've been days when I've woken up in March, April, May, and have felt uh, uncomfortable and anxious and fearful because this pandemic and the, the process and the conversations that we're going through as human beings and racial and the racial inju injustice, this is a costly process. The pandemic is a costly process. Um, the, the problems in our communities, in our streets and in our cities, this is a costly process. And if there's a little thing that we learned about making altars was if something is costly, it's going to be worth it every time. Yeah, and so uh, I think God has been gracious to us to give us a little glimpse into that. For our communities, for our church, this pandemic is really tough. Um, the events that were sparked by George Floyd and, and the taking of his life, this has been really tough and costly. But we're by default, we're going to push past our greed and our selfishness. And we're going to say the cost is worth it mm -hmm. because what God is up to in our world, really. On the altar of his church, Christ was a stone. The builders disowned and rejected. On the altar of the cross, Christ was a lamb broken for sin. ask people this question at the end of every interview if you guys could go back to january this year and give yourself some advice given what you know now what would you say to yourselves wow <laughs> i i'll i'll start right i i i've shared this with him before and i'll share it just with you and and whoever finds themselves listening i think that had I had the the foresight, I think I would have said, listen, man, make sure you're not tethered too much, that your uh, that your faith, your intimacy with God isn't tethered to a church building, isn't relegated to a, 
to a physical place of worship because I found myself in the first couple of weeks besides having to my wife and I having to adjust of homeschooling two boys and being relegated to my office being here on my porch or or in the back room home office setup zoom and and FaceTime meetings like this um, I found myself besides that natural and practical adjustments I found myself having to make an adjustment spiritually and emotionally but trying to figure out why why did it take me so long to get my footing if you will and I think that there was an arbitrary percentage of of my um, faith admittedly that was like relegated by the normalcy of like gathering in a church building physically every week of getting my identity wrapped up even as old as I am and as long as I've been doing this getting my identity wrapped up in what I do um, and I just felt just the Holy Spirit really remind me um, that for one the church of Jesus Christ is still moving forward we have yes. the beauty of technology where people are still getting saved uh, people are still connecting with Jesus. People are still finding community, and um, and so and for me that was I'll try to wrap it up. For me, it was um, that reminder from the Holy Spirit to say I'm still moving. Um, the Church of Jesus Christ is still going forward, um, and you need to make sure your intimacy with God isn't predicated on your vocation or where you get together, um, but that you need to make sure that you're tethered to to my word and to uh, my spirit if you're going to continue to do this. And so that was a bit of a slap for me the first couple of weeks, you know. Yeah. But that's a long answer to say that's what I think I would have <laughs> praised, sought God, and and if I had my DeLorean and jumped back in time, I would have said, <laughs> yeah. yo brace yourself and make sure that you're tethered and rooted in God's work. Cause it's about to be a rocky season and you don't want to be swayed by the wind, you know? So. Yes. Amen. What about you, Ryan? Mine be similar, uh, but it would, it would just be, you know, January 1st of 2020, I had such a grand and miraculous blueprint for this year. I mean, you should have seen it. <laughs> <laughs> you should have seen the plan in the calendar and you know amazing things planned for river valley worship and where we were traveling where we were headed amazing amazing things planned for our church you know even things our families and trips and you know fun things and i would tell myself hey you think your plan is so cool you think your plan is really going to stand up you know when god comes and whispers in your ear and says hey there's going to be some things some variables some factors at play that are going to screw up all your plans and your blueprint mm -hmm. don't worry i've got a better way you know oh. i was on a bike ride with my kids the other day and 95 percent of the time we go a very specific route because I know that route, it's easy for them. It's not too long, they can handle it. And I decided to take them on a different way to turn right when we usually go left. 
And my daughter was like, dad, what are we doing? Why are we going right? And I wanted to take them a different way because I wanted to show them something different because I knew it was going to be something they were going to like more. Mm. And I was, as an earthly dad, I was agitated. I was like, Nora, why are you upset? Just trust me. Wow. But it was, and, and right in that moment, as I'm on my bike, I realized that's my conversation with God. Even on a daily basis, mm -hmm. I'm saying, God, here's the blueprint for this year. This is like what we've done before. This is what we know. Can we just do this? This is going to be great. And God's saying, no, I've got a better way. I've got yeah. a better way. And um, for all the hopelessness and all the reasons to be fearful about all the events that have happened in the last few months, because God is God and he is who he says he is. When we're praying to him, we're talking with him. We need to stop talking sometimes and realize that he's saying, hey, I've got a better way. was just a brilliant interview purely because Ryan and Clinton were so open um, they both zoomed in from different locations they both work at different churches and you know stay-at-home orders and all that so they were both available and there and uh, I loved how they kept sort of handballing to one another they both essentially went who has the expertise here who has something to offer here and were very gracious in allowing the other to speak first when necessary you could tell there's a real uh a real camaraderie and this real beautiful teamwork there in in their in their friendship uh in their church and in their band so that was really cool to see because I mean that's not always easy especially when you're doing this like over computer right but um it's something I really respected and really appreciated they made this interview very easy for me they were very approachable they were not thrown by any questions and um I'm very grateful guys if you would like to go and purchase or stream River Valley Worship's latest album, Alters, all in caps, you can do so now. Find it on iTunes or on Spotify or wherever you stream good music. It is a stellar album. I would also highly recommend that you go and listen to some of their older tracks as well. So they, in the last couple of years, they have released singles called Hope Has a Name. 
and they are just stunning. You can also go on YouTube and watch like videos of their worship sets and there's even like some stripped back acoustic studio versions of their tracks and uh, especially there's a couple where Clinton sings and oh my gosh you will just get shivers. It is just stunning. So beautiful. So definitely make sure that you pick up and stream their music and connect with them on social media. These are really good folks. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram at River Valley Worship. On Twitter, it's River Valley W-R-S-H-P. On Twitter, that's River Valley W-S-H-P. Make sure that you head on over and um, if you really got something from this episode, whether you learnt something or were encouraged or like me, we're just honestly inspired and like really heartened by the amazing stuff that the church is doing right now let them know you'll be able to send a message to Clinton there or to Ryan they're good people um, and I'm really really grateful that we could have this conversation and that they are now part of the between you and me family so thank you very much guys so we are about to wrap up this week's episode but this week we are wrapping up with something very very special we have been talking with our friends at hillsong and they have allowed us to play one of their new tracks so if you are a fan of brooke ligerwood like i am and a fan of tasha cobbs leonard which of course we all are then this is an episode ending that you want to stick around for. They just released a duet of the Hillsong track, Awake My Soul, which came from their latest album, Awake. Now that album is stunning in itself, but the mixture of Brooke and Tasha together, oh my gosh. So I'm really excited for you guys to hear this. You can purchase this track or listen to it now on Spotify or Apple um, and go and connect with Hillsong. They're pretty easy to find on social media, just at Hillsong, basically. Um, this is a stunning track. Now, before we close out with it, this is just your friendly reminder to say, hey, if you haven't hit subscribe yet, go and hit subscribe. I know I keep saying it, that there's big news coming, but there is. And I want you guys to be the first to hear it next Friday. Yeah, yeah. So go, go to your favorite podcast platform, go hit that follow or subscribe button. And while you are there, if you enjoy what you hear, could you please go and rate us and leave a review? We want these conversations to reach as many people as possible because we believe in them um, and we believe that they can help bring reconciliation and unity and healing to so many of us who have really complicated feelings about religion or evangelical culture or the church. Um, so we would love you to do that. You can also go and follow us on social media. We are at Between You Me Pod. Go send us a message, send us artist suggestions, send us topics, and tell us what you thought of this week's episode. You can find all our links and everything else at our website, betweenyouandmepod.com. And as always, all those links, including the songs that we played in today's episode, are in our show notes. So no stress, just click that link and go for it. Easy as. All right, guys. That is all for this episode. Thank you for being here, for being present for these conversations. It is my joy and I can't wait to share some big news with you next Friday. But until then, let's close out with a fantastic new track from our friends at Hillsong and Tasha Cobbs Leonard. This is Awake My Soul by Hillsong Worship. There's a sound that changes.